Welcome to the Short Fuse podcast, produced by Elizabeth Howard and distributed by the Arts Fuse, the online journal of arts commentary and criticism. Our conversations are with artists, writers, musicians, and others whose work reveals our communities through their lens and stirs us to seek change. James Baldwin said, artists are here to disturb the peace. I'm Elizabeth Howard, your host. episode, I'm in conversation with Janine Otis. Janine is a musician, a jazz vocalist, a pianist, a poet, a conductor, an educator. So we're going to add a lot of music into this conversation. Janine, it's lovely to be with you today. Thank you. We met, I remember the first time I heard you play jazz piano in the chapel at Union Theological Seminary. And I sat there and thought, I must meet this woman when when you stopped playing. Before we get into some of your music and what you're doing, the program you're doing, Living with Hope, the gathering at the Church of the Heavenly Rest, let's talk a little bit about you. You grew up in Detroit. What was it like growing up with music in Detroit? Well, I think I was going to choir rehearsals in my mother's womb. (laughs) She was an accountant and a manager, very successful, but she, and she always was very active with directing choirs, bringing young people to the opera, putting on community concerts that brought different ethnicities together to sing. Wellesley College when you were 16 years old. What what was that like? That was that was something I wanted to do, but it was also my mother's blueprint, kind of. <laughs> uh-huh. Although I liked it. I found that I understood. Every once in a while now I go, wow, she really got me. But she wanted me to be at an Ivy League school, at a school that focused on women mm-hmm. education in a way that she felt I could find a voice that I might not if I had stayed where I grew up in Michigan, although that wasn't bad. She just felt like I would meet a more international group of people, really tune into progressive thought. She always used to say she she wanted me to learn how to think, to be in a, a learning environment, not only concentrated on 
digest and information, but teaching you how to think critically, mm-hmm. coming up with you, you know, your voice. And you were the first African-American to receive a Pressler Music Scholar. At Wellesley College, I had a lot of good support. Owen Jander, who's passed away, was the head of the music department then. There was Dan Wyndham, who uh, was one of my professors, that ended up working for the New York Philharmonic and I think does educational music work now in the Midwest. Very supportive people. And Owen Jander very much encouraged me to sing German Lieder, to do Baroque music and opera. And so I did do that. I did um, a part in Dido and Aeneas, The Handmaiden. They encouraged me even then to share work that I was uh, composing songs. And at the time, the Presser Music Foundation would designate a person in the Wellesley community, in the music community, that they would then donate money to the department on behalf. And then you went on to earn an MA in theater education and performance at Emerson College. That, again, was, uh, I had a wonderful professor that I met at Wellesley who was working on his doctorate, Daniel Scarborough, who died of AIDS. And we did a number of wonderful projects. And he said, oh, have you heard about this MA program at Emerson? And at the time, you were a teaching fellow to undergraduate students. And then you had to function in one of the, the departments. And you had to co-direct a piece with one of the standing professors. So I chose Emperor Jones, mm. the fabulous uh, actor Jim Spruill, who passed away, was Emperor Jones. Dr. Sensenbach, Yale Drama School, was my advisor on it. So we produced... Emperor Jones, and I added a musical component. I added a storyteller who actually didn't have any words because we didn't want to tamper with Eugene O'Neill's piece, but she sang, that was me, in the singing and the playing of the drums foreshadowed what was coming, what was going on, in a way took the temperature of of the scenes And I thought it worked really well. And glad that Emerson was so open. (laughs) Well, you've had such a fascinating career, Janine. I mean, you've performed with Cool and the Gang, the Shirelles, Grover Washington. You've done hip hop. You've worked with Elizabeth Suedos. You've toured with Porgy and Bess. I'd love to learn about all of this, but I thought, there's a recording of something that you've written. I just thought it was so beautiful. I thought we'd play that. Guided by the song of my ancestors. Before my own eyes, I'm emerging and changing, still giving it my all, still offering my heart in a song. Will you listen? Will you sing with me? Can we celebrate life all there is of it? 
as we move along. In our song, we will remember the depths, the despair, as well as the joy in our hearts. We will listen to the music of our ancestors, the song that inspires us, and feel their strength in the rhythm. Their song is an ever-expanding cacophony of sounds that lifts us up and guides us. Can you hear it? The melody is all around us, and the rhythm, it's in a heartbeat. The essence of the rhythm propels us forward. The rhythm is in all things. The beat is in the depths of our being. The act of getting past the obstacles immediately before us becomes a ritual dance, accompanied by the melody and the rhythm of the ancestral chorus. The song is choreographed by faith and hope. The lyric of the song is simple. Let go, trust in God, and keep moving. That's so beautiful, Janine. When did you write that? And where did that poetry come from? Yeah, oh, so much life lived and Music being a through line in my life. As many artists have, I've had my ups and downs, uh, you know, and the music and the art has gotten me through. I mean, I'm offering it to other people, but it's also healing for me. Mm-hmm. That's what that poem is about. You know, it was written for my mom. It was written as a shout out to my partner, Larry. Mm-hmm. Music, music heals. I found in my time at St. Mark's, you know, I've had lots of health challenges, lots of existential challenges. I think, you know, at one point it even brought me to the point of trying to end my life and and music. It saves me. Music is the universal language. Isn't music in some way or another brings us together and and can heal us. This morning, I have on my table the book of jazz poems edited by Kevin Young. And just in thinking about talking to you, I, I got it out. And they're called Listening Images, and they're written by Lawson Fuiso Inada, who is a Japanese poet. Some of the listening images are Billie Holiday, hold a microphone close to the moon. Ben Webster, such fragile moss in a massive tree. Dizzy Gillespie, Gus of Gusto, sweep the desert. Art Tatum, innumerable dew, a splendid web. Mm. So it seems that poetry kind of comes out of music. You found, you found that. You do so much writing now well it's the yeah the rhythms writing is a it's always been just a almost a hobby my mom and I used to read Shakespeare to one another at the dinner table after dinner we'd pull out the Shakespeare and we play different characters so I think I've always just it's been something that's just a part of my life and 
to to be able to write and have it make sense <laughs> and express what's really in my heart, I think is a particular gift. Mm. And then a bigger gift is to encourage people, other people to do it. Because I'm, I'm not, I write songs. I'm not a prolific poet, but I read. And so I'm a lover of it. And of course, as music director at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, where the poetry project is and dance space is, and you are surrounded by, by poets and dancers and others who are involved in, in, in seeking, I think. You know, artists are always seeking. That's why St. Mark's became a place where artists gathered in the East Village. Yes, arts and spirituality is, I think, a big brand, mm. branding point of the mission and what's happened at St. Mark's. And so when actor friend of mine brought me to St. Mark's and years ago, and I found out this is the place where Khalil Gibran mm. read The Prophet the first time, and that was another one of my mother's favorites. Mm. I just, I knew I was being on hallowed ground. And then I had the honor of of uh, working on this piece called The New Amazing Grace. And I kept uh, company with Allen Ginsberg <laughs> and Stephen Taylor, his collaborator with him, who's still alive. But mm. I mean, Ed, Ed Saunders, Ed Friedman, so, so many the head of the poetry project now. Kyle DeCunion. I did an episode with Kyle and he read his poetry. Yeah, it goes hand in hand, you know, for me. And and I know this this is when you know that I must love being a music director, but even the language and some of the hymns at times, it's just just so moving. Poetry is in the Psalms. Poetry to me is, yes, a big part of my spirituality and what I feel reaches people. have put together a program called Living with Hope, The Gathering, that's going to be performed on Sunday, February 13th at Church of the Heavenly Rest, which is between 90th and 89th Streets on Fifth Avenue, a beautiful Episcopal church for those people who might not have been there. And it was based on your book, The Gathering, so perhaps you can tell us a little bit first about the gathering and then about the event. I have to give a shout out always to Matt Hyde, Lucas, Lucy, Anne-Marie Wichger, uh, Molly, who left, and their new music director, and just the whole staff at Heavenly Breast. They are so open. And yes, I've been doing 
the work of getting groups together to write and mm. to build community for over two decades now. And I've done a lot of it in schools and in prisons. So I got this grant from the Staten Island Arts Group to, to put together a writing workshop. And I wanted to target people over 50. Although I'm a very intergenerational person, I'm clearly over 50. So <laughs> we started with a format called the I Am Poem that I use a lot in schools to just to get kids going. And I've worked often with rappers that I love. So I brought that to the table and uh, conducted the writing workshops with Larry, my partner, and Thomas. Walker, who's part of this. It is a blessed project because as the people were bringing their poetry to four sessions only, I was just blown away. Some of them use the I am format as as the way to organize their writing. Some of them had actually been experimenting with writing and and brought pieces that they worked on uh, to the workshops. And we would talk about them, and they were just so powerful. Uh, Often with the work in the at-risk communities, after everybody writes, we go in the studio and record them. And a lot of times, as I said, spoken word and rap, and, you know, work with musicians and we add music. But this was different. So I asked Yuki... Koki and Kazuo Nakamura, I love saying those names, my patient friends, because I'm always saying, come on, let's do this, to come in the studio and improvise in segments to kind of bridge, to give people time to have it sit in. I have to mention Henry Falco and Moon Studios because we kind of all work together to just weave the, the music in and out of the the amazing um, poetry about life. And when I say living with hope, I mean living with hope after really looking at and examining existential crises. It's not just sort of one, you know, I mean, we love being positive, but it's positive after a process. And that's, for me, what makes it so special. Now, this was done during the pandemic. Yeah. Did you find, I think that we've read that there's been, and I sense this in my own mother died at age 98. And I know near those last few years, there, there's a loneliness that comes, you know, they've lost, they've lost companions, they've lost friends, they don't have the same mobility. There are issues with hearing and sight. It's difficult. So did you find that with these participants who were over 50, that there was a loneliness or there was a concern about, about the world, about what was happening. Yes, and if anyone really can listen, I think it will also be up on the, site, on the website for Heavenly Rest. You will hear in each piece that, I don't want to say struggle, but that process Yes, you really hear it. And we lost, uh, just a week after the recording, we lost one of our members, my dear 
Saja Musawir, who was the director of a wonderful organization that still got legs um, called the Universal Temple of the Arts that reaches out to children and adults. A lot of the children are in underserved communities. We had a variety of people, a variety of, we, were, we met online. Mm. We come together. It is, there's, there's issues. And it's wonderful, you know, who can go up the stairs, who, who needs this kind of assistance, you know, it's just a reminder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a look into to real life. And I, I am so honored that all these people involved in this workshop that, that people will hear and that are on our CD share their innermost self with, with the world. Yeah. We're going to play one of the pieces from Living with Hope. Go, said the bird for the leaves were full of children, hidden excitedly, containing laughter. Go! 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 said the bird. Humankind cannot bear very much reality. T.S. Eliot, Burnt Norton. Go! said the bird. The cellist's bow, dipping and bowing across the great belly of a cello, asserting and commenting. Broad strokes and resounding ripples. The cellist's arm, the bow sweeps forward, falls back, measured call and response, delineating here, now. Then, there, like a bird, soaring and diving, like the broad strokes of an artist painting the world. Elephants gather round the exposed bones of a deceased family member, taking turns, solemn and thoughtful, unhurried in time. An elder performs a slow, unhurried elegy with the sensitive funnel at the end of her trunk, meditative and dignified, remembering, retracing the curves of the bones, even exploring the inner cavity carved out by bone. Cut to... Children's laughter, soundtrack only. Children, unseen, laughing gaily along an unseen path. So the people who participated in the workshop are going to be yes, the, the, the people in the performance. Absolutely. They're not necessarily actors or musicians or poets. So have they been rehearsing? This is our second um, performance. I got a grant from the City Artist Corps effort. Mm-hmm. We presented Living with Hope, premiered it at Christchurch, Staten Island. Mm-hmm. 
And yes, everybody was there. Mm -hmm. They read their poems. So yeah, this is exciting. And I've worked, as you mentioned, with Elizabeth Suedos and was directed by Eve Ensler. Elizabeth Suedos was a mentor friend, although Eve Mm -hmm. was also very supportive at a time when it was so important when we were working together. And this is the kind of work they do, you know. And so I was inspired by that. I am inspired by work that brings art to the general community, inspires them or compels them to express themselves. And you you sort of mix in people like I had Larry and Thomas that were more experienced. And the level rises and people are there just being really amazing. It is amazing. I love it. Can we use these kinds of programs to help eliminate violence in this city? I think the arts play a really essential and vital role. It just has never been funding the arts has not been looked at as something that would bring people together necessarily. The work that I've done with the gathering and because I did it in prisons and specifically the second part of of the book, or there's one whole section of the book where I kind of, I basically co-wrote the poems with young people from maybe grade six or nine or 10 that were in prison. They were in a prison. They were bound at the risk. For, for doing what? Well, I mean, what, what's a sixth grader doing in? Oh, my God. That's like, that's another podcast. But we were touring with this group, Hip Hop Emas. And so anyway, I took the poetry. And because of the graciousness of church publishing, they saw, and my editor, Lucas, saw that um This was something that he thought really needed to be, you know, ongoing, but definitely published it. And in Staten Island, there's a group, Sundock Theater. And uh, now for several years, the way that I work with groups is called um, Soundtracks of Life. And I've trained actually for teaching artists, and now they pretty much carry it, but they're bringing kids together to talk about anti-gun violence Mm. and more on the positive side. What is building positive community? What does that mean? What do we focus on? How do we handle these situations? Mm. And, you know, people might argue that it's, you know, lightweight and all, but but I think we really have changed some hearts Mm. and changed the narrative. In, in many communities and with many kids. A lot of times I don't drive them on the subway. I see kids I've worked with. And, you know, it's not just the writing. It's that the writing has been integrated into a, a comprehensive program that just allows students in that are labeled at risk and crisis to revisit how to live their best life. And I see, I see them doing that. And it's just... It's amazing. Theodora's I Am poem. I am compassionate and loving. 
I wonder about life, love, and will my time for love ever come? I hear the sound of the little girl in me smiling and laughing as I reach back to hug her and let her know that she is more than enough, just as she is. I see life as it could be with less gun violence and killing of our black and brown young men. Missing you, Kasim. I want to be a help and be a blessing to our next generation of young people to instill self-love, love of life, education, and the infinite possibilities open to them if they but reach for it. I am compassionate and loving. I pretend to be okay sometimes when I'm not. Oh, oh, I'm good. I'm blessed. I feel the pain of the mothers who have lost their sons to gun violence. And I thank God that my son, grandson, and great-grandsons are still alive. I touch the face of my nephew, Kasim, who we lost to gun violence last year, summer of 2020. I worry about my grand and great-grandchildren. With all that is going on, I want them to know God. I cry for the mothers and the families who have lost their children to gun violence. I am compassionate, loving, and hopeful. I understand that I have to invest time into our young people to help guide and nurture them. I say that without my belief in God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I would be lost like so many sisters and brothers. I dream that one day we will learn to love and respect each other for who we are and that the color of our skin, religion, race, gender, ethnicity will not matter. I try to do better and be better every day because every morning when God wakes us up, it is the first day of the rest of our lives and is a gift from God, and we get a do-over. What you do with that day is your gift to God, so use it wisely. I hope for peace throughout the world, but especially a stop to this gun violence within our cities. I am compassionate, loving, and hopeful, very hopeful. So I imagine the participants in your writing program who are performing, who have performed, and will be in the performance, Living for Hope, at Church of the Heavenly Rest, I would think they would want to continue. Sarah, do you have some funding to keep this going? Right now, what I'm setting up are performances of, of these pieces. Mm. And, uh, you know, in a theater piece that I've entitled Living with Hope. So we will be at the Jewish Community Center at the end of the month of February. We have of course, an offer at St. Mark's, and you know, I'm looking to see where we can present this. And yes, um, Sundog Theater again has picked up the ball, and and they've they're looking forward and looking to book this kind of activity. And what my plan is to use the people from this workshop as teaching artists, so that they can. Again, I've trained that will have trained another group of people, people that want to do that, and then they can inspire other people. Um, we'll aim with this particular group to go over 50, but I love the intergenerational component of it too. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, I I just totally believe. I said that this morning I was speaking to a colleague and thinking about the news. And, and sometimes you just want to say that we need to just figure out a way to just put people in a situation where they they are forced to relate to each other just as human beings. And I know it sounds idealistic, but I have really lived enough life where I'm not totally an idealist. But I do know that when people come together with this idea, you do build communities and you build the kinds of relationships that can help to thwart this this wave of violence that's going on in our existence. And as I said earlier, you know, I was at a point in my life at one point where I did almost very successfully try to commit suicide by myself in um, hospitalized. And so I'm, I'm not speaking of this as somebody who kind of just had a silver spoon, although I did come from middle, upper middle class family. You know, I've really lived through a lot of life. And I know that art is a way to change the narrative and and not necessarily to make our next superstar, but to encourage people to speak civilly to one another or explore each other's culture so we understand these these things are so important. Do you ever go back to Wellesley? I would think it would be wonderful to have you talking to students now. Well, yes, I've gone back for reunions. Um, I do participate in alumni activities in that, and I'm very proud of this. I've been working with admissions for a number of years. So I go to what might be termed, again, underserved communities. And an interview young ladies for Wellesley. And mm-hmm. and sometimes just, uh, it ends up a lot of times with me interviewing women of color, which I'm proud to do. And some of them have been admitted to the school. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm looking for you in the Times. Just <laughs> leave a note about what you've done. That's amazing. Because I know that's what I'm going to read. Janine, this has been such a wonderful conversation. People should know that Janine plays at each service on Sunday morning at St. Mark's Church and usually has a guest jazz musician of one kind or another. I love going there. The church is opening and welcome to everyone in addition to the other things that you're doing. And you have a website, Janine, so that people can follow what you're doing. My wonderful webmaster, Vanessa Query, it's janineotis.com. If you cannot attend next week's Living with Hope at 6.30 on February 13th, it will be online as well. It will be streamed. Janine, this was a wonderful conversation. And I look forward to listening to all of the CD, but it's one thing to listen and it's another thing to attend a performance. Well, I'm so honored. Thank you, Janine. 
If you have enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe. You can connect with us through Elizabeth Howard at eh at elizabethhoward.com. You can find us on Spotify and on Apple, on Simplecast, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join us next time when we engage, explore, and ask questions. <laughs>